Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello, my name is Ken Rundle and I'm joined by Yara's country grassland specialist, Philip Cosgrave. We all know there's not really a particular point when everyone's farming season ends and the next one starts, but for those with grazing to manage, this is a good time of year to think ahead. Philip, taking account of the climatic variation across the UK and Ireland, you're keen for farmers to take time to re-examine how they maximise the potential of their grazing and when they apply that first application of nitrogen. I think there's great scope for a lot of improvement on, on grassland farms, particularly in spring. You know, we're looking to get livestock out earlier in spring, um, but there's they're, they're, they're sometimes an issue in that there isn't enough grass cover to to let livestock out and if we can let livestock out we can reduce the costs incurred in, in feeding costs and um, but also we can have far higher livestock gain or whether it's uh, if we're talking about milk greater milk yields so instead of taking a kind of a traditional timing approach to to nitrogen applications we would be advocating that you know we take more proactive uh, approach to it where we keep an eye on on soil temperatures um, and soil temperatures, particularly with perennial ryegrass swards, dominated with perennial ryegrass, they begin to grow between at soil temperatures of between five and six degrees. So instead of applying the first nitrogen application or what we would like a nitrogen and sulfur application, we would like to see, instead of waiting for the grass to, to start growing, by watching soil temperatures, that we actually, when, when they reach that five to six degrees Celsius and ground conditions are good, well, then that's a time when we should actually grow with some of that, um, with our first split of, of, of nitrogen. And we're looking at, at rates of around about between 20 and 28 kgs of N per hectare, depending on your stocking rate. More heavily stocked farms will be going at the upper range there at 28 kgs, but on, on less intensively stocked farms, you can keep down at the, the 20 kgs. It's not just one application at the time. No, it's not. It's it's very much on a, on a on a per farm basis and what your requirement for grass is and stocking rate will will obviously be a big factor in in determining that rate. And the soil temperature, do they measure that with a thermometer or what? The Met Service here in Ireland, there's soil temperatures are recorded on a on a on a daily basis and and farmers can check that. But yeah, you can simply you can buy a, a soil thermometer. And you can put it in a on your lawn, and you can watch soil temperatures. But it's that five degrees Celsius and rising is is a, is a good time for putting on that first application of nitrogen. The other word that came up there was sulphur. That's important. Now I hear a lot about sulphur with arable crops, but they're just as important for grazing and for grass. Yes, and and last spring we saw um, through the lab we saw the the lowest levels um, for sulfur in 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 a, in a long number of years and that's no surprise with with the rainfall events during last winter but we're looking at again we know sulfate in 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 the plant available form is leachable so it's likely that a lot of the sulfur that has been carried over from from the autumn um, is going to be leached over the over the winter months so basically in in spring when grass really needs all the nutrients sulfur could be the one that's actually holding up your grass growth so i think you know it's it's becoming prudent to include sulfur in those first applications of nitrogen as well and we're looking at at a you know with, with yara products you're looking at a product like nutri booster which has sulfur included in it you mentioned the labs there 
Of course, this is based on some knowledge of the soil, both its chemical analysis and its physical structure. So really, soil analysis is vitally important. Enough of that being done by grassland farmers? I think there is a, there's definitely more of more soil sampling being carried out, but um, there's a tendency to leave it. Um, you know, after we get the, the analysis report back, we tend to just leave it and we don't, uh, we're not proactive in, in, in actually looking at that analysis and seeing, well, what can we do in the following year to, to act on it? So, and that's for, for, for early springtime, if you've got um, soil analysis results and it's showing up certain fields are very low in P and K, um, or phosphorus and potassium, these are a good indicator to use not just a nitrogen and sulfur product, but maybe to use uh, a nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium and sulfur product, because particularly for phosphorus for that early season, and we know that phosphorus availability in soils in springtime is, is reduced. So we're putting on some fresh phosphate on particularly on low P-index soils can be ber- very beneficial to kickstart grass growth in spring and also an existing swards that you'll, you'll improve grass growth over a sward that hasn't received any phosphate at all. The other product we haven't mentioned at the moment, of course, is slurry. Do you think enough farmers pay proper attention to the real value of their slurry? There's some that really do, but there's an awful lot that strikes me that still regard it as a waste product. It is. It's, it's lots of farmers. There's a, a, a big push now in trying to um, encourage farmers to to understand the value of slurry and, and particularly the methods of how that slurry is applied and also the timings of when that slurry is applied. And spring is a good time to apply slurry if the conditions are correct. If you've got covers, if you've got grass, if you have paddocks in the spring that have got low grass covers, well, that they're, they're good paddocks to, to try and get some slurry out because we know that the, the nitrogen in slurry is, is, is highly available. If we spread that slurry using low emission spreading systems, you know, we can trap more of that available nitrogen in the soil and we can get a far better return for that. We know that slurry is, is a very valuable source of phosphorus and particularly potassium. So in the spring, if we use, if we're going back and if we use our soil analysis, we can actually use this slurry to target uh, paddocks or fields with, with, low, with low P and K index and it's a, it's a very cost effective way of, of building soil fertility. All to be taken account of in the, in the calculations. Farmers in, in UK obviously are dealing with Brexit. In the Republic it's CAP reform that farmers are looking forward to. So they'll be adapting or modifying their systems to fit the new reality of the business environment. But do you think enough farmers factor their grassland management and grazing patterns into that planning? What do you think they should do? I think grassland management, I think it's, it's been shown that if we can produce more milk or more meat from managing grass uh, better, well, then that's going to have an impact on the sustainability of our farms, particularly for consumers as they look at the impact that, that certain um, food groups are, are, may have on, on, on the environment. And I think that's why a lot of, you know, there's a lot of focus now, whether it's in, in the UK or in Ireland, at um, initiatives to that that encourage this peer-to-peer learning, where farmers, you know, become mentors, where you focus farms, where we can, where farmers in in certain areas can go to a farm and actually see how a particular farmer is is managing grassland and use that then um, as a springboard to improve their own grassland management. 
just don't just think about increasing the size of your herd, reducing the size of your herd, putting in a new parlor, whatever it might be. At the same time, think about how the grass management is going to fit into supplying that system. Um, one change that's increasingly being discussed is the move away from individual grassland species like Italian, for example, towards mixed swords. How do they change a farmer's approach to fertilizer choices or management? It's a very good question. There's more interest in, 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 in herbalays or mixed species swords now. And it's essentially for phosphorus and potassium, they have, whether it's a, a, a perennial ryegrass sword or whether it's one of these uh, herbalays, you know, they, they, they require good soil fertility. You know, so particularly clover, they will not uh, remain persistent in swords if there's, if there's poor P and K fertility, particularly potash. You know, some of those species like chicory and plantain, they have deeper roots, so they can actually go and explore more of the soil and pick up more nutrients that are maybe out of reach of, of, of perennial ryegrass or maybe other grass species and, and clover. But essentially, um, it's important for, for the individual species within that lay that there's good soil fertility, because if not, then one will become more dominant over the other. In regards to nitrogen management, there's been a lot of work done here in, in, in Ireland where perennial ryegrass has been uh, used in conjunction with clover, but also including mineral nitrogen. Um, and it's been found that, you know, to maintain stocking rates, that it's still important on a lot of those mixed herbalays, even the ones that include clover, to actually include some nitrogen in the, in the, in the, in the first kind of half of the season up to, up to May because early on that, gra that, that clover isn't fixing nitrogen. It can use the actual mineral nitrogen to actually help grow. And it actually keeps, makes it more persistent with the actual grass varieties. But then from May onwards, then you pull back from mineral nitrogen applications. And that's a way that these farmers are actually lowering their overall mineral nitrogen application rate, but also in, in, you know, maintaining stocking rate and, and, and production from swards. So it's, it's had a big impact now on... on I suppose, the nitrogen use efficiency of dairy farms and also bee farms. And it has great potential in the, in the long run to improve the sustainability of, of, of grassland farms. So finally, Philip, then, what are the key points to remember from this session? Well, the first thing is to, you know, don't have a traditional approach to applying fertilizer in the spring. Be proactive, be watching the weather, be watching soil temperatures. If soil temperatures are, are between five and six degrees and rising, well, then that's a, a, a good indication to get on with a first split of nitrogen. And also for organic manures to utilize them with regard to your, your soil analysis results. So instead of, of so which sometimes can be tempting to, to go on with organic manures on the same paddocks, you know, think about, you know, where that's, that organic manure can actually be, be most cost effective. And that's, I suppose, my two main points is that, you know, the, the use of organic manures and you know, not waiting for the grass to grow, actually be proactive in, in your, your mineral nitrogen um, application timings um, and it'll, it'll improve the availability of, of, of grass in springtime. But then don't forget about the sulphur and certainly don't forget about your soil analysis. Know what it is you're dealing with and what you're managing. Correct, Ken. Yeah, very good points. Thanks very much, Philip. And that's all we've got time for. In this podcast, we concentrated on grazing, of course. But don't worry, we haven't forgotten the demands of silage production. We'll be covering that in February. So keep an ear open. I'm Ken Rundle, and I wish you all the best for the new year to come. 
Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.